0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What?, a comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. This week, Graham McMillan and I are on fire, thankfully only metaphorically, or at least for now, and ready to talk about some of the stuff we've been already talking about, except more so. Yes, if you remember the previous episode where we talked about Aliens, Death Metal Trinity Crisis, and Bill and Ted, you'll be delighted to put that memory to use as Graham talks Alien Covenant. I talked the first issue of Bill and Ted are doomed and my reactions to Death Metal Trinity Crisis. And we also talk about new things, or at least things new to us, like the first issue of Represent, the first two issues of Adventure Man, the 30th anniversary issue of the Judge Dread magazine, and much, much more in this two hours and a smidge episode. As always, we welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always... We hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening.
1: Jeff Lester! Graham McMillan, hello! So I've got to tell you, the reason the sound cut out might be because, I mean, you know this, everything's on fire, and yeah. I'm not being, like, metaphorical. No, no, or even hyperbolic, really. Yeah, hyperbolic. Things are
0: insane. Yeah, they really are. They, they really are. Uh, uh, I mean, that being said, um, Graham, because a um, uh, friend of the podcast and Galactic Defender, uh, ever doing his job, uh, Dominic El Franco checked in with us
1: to make sure that you were okay. And I have to admit that. I I, I I was I was so cut off with everything that I didn't actually respond to him, therefore possibly making both you and him more worried. Well, I don't know about him because uh but I
0: was actually in fact a little worried uh that you did not reply. And then the next morning I was like, Okay, I'm gonna send Graham a little ho oh, oh, ho, hey, you okay? <laughs> hope, and hope you're not on fire. Hope you're not um, on fire, which I heard from you five hours later. But just
1: to be clear, you are not currently anyway on fire i am not currently on fire yeah uh i should also point out that you heard from me five hours later uh because i uh, first of all i'm looking three hours later thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, secondly um because uh it's saturday and so I, I, I just wasn't at my computer oh i know i know i know I, um, I am aware but that said uh the i first noticed things were for people who have no idea what we're talking about uh the west coast is on fire yes <laughs> like I I hope you all know that. I presume everyone does, but maybe you don't. Uh, California and Oregon are very much on fire right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I first noticed that the air was weird on Monday because – you might remember like 2017 we had really bad wildfires up here that's right and i remember from that point that basically when the light starts to look orange mm-hmm. things are bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and the light was looking orange and i was like well that's not good <laughs> right yeah that you know very very much not good but but you know we'll see and there was no we'll see like the the wildfires through Oregon have been really intense. And mm-hmm. so pretty much from Tuesday onwards, it has been smoky as shit. The sky has been orange-ish. Uh, the sun has been orange or red. just mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, Visibility is very, very fucking low.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, to give you an idea, it is so smoky slash foggy right now that I actually can't see two blocks away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that has been the case, like I said, since Tuesday. We're recording this since Saturday, and apparently it's going to stay the case until Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, evacuations got to the edge of Portland, but wow. didn't make it to me. <sighs> uh, when I say evacuations, the get ready. So there's a three-stage yes. thing. It's okay. basically like, get ready. I hope you're ready. Get the fuck out of your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And the get ready got all the way to the edge of, of Portland. Wow um and then they were like yeah last night they were like actually no like wait, the, the fires have changed directions it's not going to come into the city right which is you know a lovely thing to read but at the same time you know literally five towns in oregon are no more because of these wildfires good god that's you just know terrible um and and so it has it's been like low level stressful for, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Um I never actually thought we were going to be evacuated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, might have been ridiculousness as opposed to, you know, reasonable.
0: I kind of feel, well, so I'm of two minds of this. One one is that, um, fun fact, I think the fires back in 2017 were back when Edie and I visited because we drove through the area that one canyon had caught on fire right after the, it was like post-4th of July fireworks or some shit. And we came in, we're staying at the Kennedy School and literally uh, drove in kind of late and had, had just had a ghastly. Like we drove across from California into Oregon and um, at Ashland, Oregon, appropriately titled. We literally couldn't see visibility was like 20 feet, maybe eighty, sixty 60 feet ahead of us. On the I-5. So so traffic was just crawling along. So we got into town very late at the Kennedy School restaurant. We were like, oh, God, can we just sit outside and get our food? And they're like, actually, you cannot sit outside. No yeah, one yeah, yeah, you can sit outside. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: yes. so, I mean, th- it's, it's fair to say that today I've spent the most time outside since uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I realized this morning that I hadn't really been outside Mhm since monday mm-hmm. in part because i know from experience the last time we had wildfires like it's not nice yeah <laughs> you no know? yeah, yeah, basically yeah. it's not nice uh it is smoky it is uh it sort of goes for your throat it sort of goes for your eyes and your nose mm-hmm. um but also like you just feel weirdly lethargic afterwards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i was like okay, I, I don't want to do that but today i was outside and it's that all those things are true yeah like i'm still feeling
0: uh, I bet. You know. Well, Wednesday, I mean, you guys really had and it, it's it's a it's a horrible uh, tragedy. Like Portland was the had the worst air pollution of any city on Earth on uh, I think Wednesday and today as well. Oh, is it? OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, yeah,
1: we, we are. Uh, although I don't know if you saw the official list today. The top five worst cities in the world are all American. Are they shit? Are all the West Coast, for that matter. Um, oh,
0: really? Oof, yeah. Yeah, I do believe that. I do believe that. But, like, you guys, I had I had to give it up to you because it was literally your air quality index was something like, I don't know, 335, 353, some, something insane. Because literally the next uh, worst polluted city, uh, air pollution-wise, was in the 250s. Like, you guys were dramatically oh, no, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, more we
1: dramatically worse than any yeah and uh, that's true again today wow um san francisco's up there i think san francisco's number three today oh yeah I wouldn't it would not surprise me we we had a, a for... i was gonna say like how are you because i yes. know that you have been in this weird pocket of like everything around you is terrible but somehow you guys are doing okay you've basically had like two days of shit yes in the middle of yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah um uh oh so before I get there and I will I do want to say although knowing where you live it I kept thinking like it seems kind of insane that Graham would need to be evacuated and but then I was thinking one of the most beautiful amazing things about Portland is there are parks every two blocks like there yeah.
1: you guys well, I'm are... I'm actually a block away from park Exactly you are I'm near one direction trees.
2: A block away from mm-hmm, park mm-hmm.
1: I am um four blocks away from park in a different direction yeah what that said like they are surrounded by so much uh uh you know houses buildings sure but i like i had that thought and then i was like but wait most of those buildings are made of wood. you're right like if fire really wanted to get here yeah like it, it could it could do some damage for real right. right well and 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 that
0: is the that is the kind of thing that that you you have you know if the conditions go screwy and sometimes when the, when fire either meets or makes a crazy enough windstorm, you start getting those situations where the fire is capable of jumping hundreds of feet, you know, from, from tree to tree. In fact, I kind of had that really scary feeling of like, yeah, we're safe. Sort of, you know, as for us, which is to say, when Edie and I moved here um to Moss Beach, we have been uh, amazed at how mild uh things have been for us in terms of there was the extreme sort of um minor heat wave that hit the Bay Area, you know, over the holiday weekend and which meant that that, that temperatures here got up to mid 70s whereas for places like san francisco or the rest of the bay area it you know was shot up into the 90s and of course as you as as long-time listeners of the podcast are used to hearing me grouse most places in san francisco don't have air conditioning most homes you know, business buildings do, but of course, all those buildings are, there's so many things that are closed because of COVID that would be places where people could flee. So everyone was just melting. And we were fine. When the the dry lightning, the CZU lightning complex fires, as I believe they are um, so poetically named, uh, broke out, There were fires that started 20, 25 miles, well, actually, probably 45 miles south of us, started coming north to the point where two towns away from us, or depending on how you count, three towns away from us, were basically given evacuation orders. And so they themselves were on that, like, hey, you guys may have to retreat, evacuate at any minute. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, again, kind of like you guys, I've got a really good break in that the wind direction changed. And so the fires went south because they were completely we were so overwhelmed as far as the firefighters and the areas being just anyway. So even though the fires came within, say, 20 miles of us, you would never really know it until last week, which is to say... Well, that makes me worried. So did you have a terrible last week? Uh, what happened? Everything was, I think, more or less fine until we woke up um, Wednesday morning. And Edie was like, are are, are we on fire? Because there was this heavy smell of smoke. And I got up looked around, the house seemed fine, none of our alarms were going off and I opened the curtains and it was, you know, bright orange or rather I should say a dim orange. It was a dim, horrible orange. And we were up, we actually got up and and, and went for a short drive to see what everything looked like. And it, it was somewhat ghastly, but then it proceeded to more or less get worse, which is to say it got... Both more orange and more dark. It felt like we were working through the night. It actually, literally, got darker from the time it was seven thirty to the time that it was ten a.m. or ten thirty a.m. I
1: see that. I think that would mess me up a lot.
0: Oh, I have to say it. It fucked me up. I could barely work, and it was interesting because, of course, the rest of the Bay Area had it. Not only that, but the rest of the Bay Area had uh ash falling from the sky too which you know at least we weren't being rained on with ash but it literally it, it it essentially was one of those situations where i would say the the sky ran the entire gamut from uh star trek enterprise all the way back to star trek original series like towards the end there it was just red like red and glowing practically but you know it started off kind of yellow cheap filter kind of thing you know so it just kept moving but it the points where it got darker i i just kind of i could barely function graham i have to say because it was just the it was just the feeling that at any minute like a fucking meteorite from mongo was going to strike the house
1: you know it's it's been very weird it's been genuinely weird it's been very strange uh chloe's really felt it like Mm i have low level felt it all week Mm -hmm. like i've just been off it's been very difficult to concentrate um like it is it's the feeling just the feeling that something is wrong yes right
0: all the time going off
1: yeah Mm -hmm. you don't you don't really think you're going to get evacuated or you know, or whatever, but no, like it's something is still wrong, and mm-hmm. you're very present. Something is wrong at all times. Yeah. Uh, Chloe again had it much worse. Mm-hmm. Like she she really struggled this week because this is the first time she's ever had. Basically, you look at the window and it's orange, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And that's that's completely understandable. Um, but there is this weird feeling of everything feels slightly unreal because the sky's not meant to be that color. No. No, it's you know, really I'm not. you very aware of that. Yeah. Like, you're, hard, you're hardwired to know that's true. Yeah, yeah. And when this guy's like, you do spend the entire time being like, am I in a CW show? Right. Like, like what is happening? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. It it's, It is, and because it was wrong, yeah, it was, if you have any predilection toward anxiety, just gets cranked up exponentially. And so... Yeah, I was, I, it was interesting since I'm, you know, essentially the head of my department trying to do, everyone seemed to be doing okay. And considering they were in areas that were either hotter or worse, like, uh, and and for those people wondering, um, uh, sort of unlike Graham, at least for the San Francisco and the Bay Area is that this a lot of it was smoke from the older fires the fire from a couple of weeks back and things the smoke has just sort of been building up but it's the pressure fronts changed and it came in over the coast over San Francisco over Moss Beach and because of the pressure front it actually packed the smoke more densely uh down, tamped it down more than it had been. Like in the past it'd been, you know, you kind of had that sort of semi-unpleasant polluted haze feeling where slightly foggy and you notice there's a bit of a yellow tint to the fog. But Wednesday in particular, it was so it blocked out the sun. The only there were two points where we saw the sun. And in both of them they it looked like um a a a dull pinkish dime you know or maybe not even a dime it was just the size of a small um salmon colored pearl and it was just really like you said it you you're there's something in the way that you're trained to know that it's not
1: right it's that's not the way things are meant to be yeah yeah you you just are very aware yeah exactly you know it's it's it is the, the strangest thing i spent uh, more time this weekend than this week, rather than I probably should admit. Being very aware of like how supernaturally stressful twenty twenty is in Portland, in particular. You have the COVID. You have the protests turn into riot, riots. Yes, like you have the wildfires. It's like it's so weird to. Not that you get used to, like, these things, but you sort of work out how to process all this stuff. Right. You know? Well, then you, then, then it like, sort of re- starts mixing for you but in just, weird but, ways, right? Because it's, it's like, you know, COVID is horrific. Uh, yeah. But, you know... You do kind of get used to it, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Actually, oddly enough, I'm coming out of getting used to it again.
2: Mm, I like believe I'm,
1: it. Right. I'm back into being like, no, it's actually really fucking weird. But you do get used to it. And then, like, uh, the protests started. And you're like, okay, the protests. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. ready for the protests. Right. And then, like, the federal fucking occupation starts. Yes. You know, people get, start getting pulled, pulled into, into vans, the Denmark vans. And you're like, okay, again, this is weird. Mm -hmm. this 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 is this is fucking weird and then the skies yeah and you're like this has all happened in a six-month period right right this is insane yeah this is genuinely insane well why are we not all insane because of this yes right yeah no well and the worst
0: part is some of the stuff that you see at the fringes of things hopefully at the fringes but, I mean, I'm sure, because you're closer to everything and more plugged in than I am, but seeing some of the reports that basically people in Oregon were blaming the fires on protesters yeah, uh, well, and, I don't, and it was like again, I,
1: don't, I don't know how much of that is people in Oregon or people on the internet. Yeah. One way or another, yes. Like, they, they had to put out a statement. The authorities had to put out a statement being like, no, Antifa didn't start the, the wildfires. Yeah. You know, but like you know, literally when you talk about things like French, like you know, we've had the the Proud Boys here for a few weekends mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. like literally macing people as they drive around town. Yes, uh, save the children. The crazy save the children people mm. uh, are are standing on street corners, like with with megaphones, yelling about how the Democrats are are you know sex trafficking God. and and how that there has to be a coup. Uh, right oh good lord it's it's but that's just it's it's fucking insane Mm -hmm. like you you're in your house for the most part because you don't want to go out because it's covid right right? Mm -hmm. and then you go out and you run into the shit and it is like oh that that's right i forgot i'd actually like moved into a dystopian fantasy from the 1980s yesterday we watched robocop the original robocop Mm -hmm. yes yeah that that you know that feels tame compared to our reality today yeah it is and i'm amazing. not saying that lightly mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that actually feels tame compared to our reality these days yeah and and it's so weird and so i i feel it's stressful in a way that like none of us have actually really worked out how stressful it is is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so you know we'll find that out in a few years when we're all completely messing the head oh yeah exactly
0: i actually had that moment of like Boy, I, I, I can't wait to fast, you know, if only I could fast forward and just start in on the PTSD, you know, because at least, at least I would be, you know, P my T, you know, like as it is, we're just, yeah, we're just stewing in trauma juices. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it is, it's, it's kind of strange. It's kind of strange. I got to admit, you know, for, for someone like me who's, you know, older than you by, depending on who you talk to, a little or a lot. Like, I don't think that I, um, you know, I was part of the most coddled generation, you know, like in, at least in the sense of never had, never got drafted, didn't have to go to war, like never really, Nine eleven was on the opposite coast. Like, you know, there's been, a variety of things but, but generally a, a very mellow life and the idea that now that I'm you know managed to make it a whole half century I'm like man is is this going to be quote unquote my final days I mean you know heaven forbid that you know that they be hopefully they're good and long but part of me is like what if what if I live for another 30 to 40 years and it's all like 2020, you know. <laughs>
1: oh like, God, can you imagine? Like, yeah, genuinely, can you imagine?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, I, I really cannot. But there is, a, there is, even if, even some of the most insane elements of 2020 get weeded out, there, there is still the fact that the, the fires are, you know a sign that, that that climate change is is here
1: like oh yeah 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 but like I mean, if we very can much so i find that anyone who is trying to like be a climate change engineer right now yeah like i'd suggest you literally just look at the news well yeah and the thing that's crazy but but see that's the thing
0: that i think is crazy or depressing or both is is like this this isn't even quote unquote the the worst of it you know this is this is the this is the chickens that have already come home to roost. We have to reverse things if we don't want it to be worse, which more or less means like if we somehow manage to slip and fall into a perfect utopia, like we may still have fire seasons like this for the you know the rest of our conceivable future. You know, which is weird and depressing because, as a native Californian and as a coastal native Californian, I should say, that, uh, and you, uh, at least to an extent, sort of like a a native West Coaster, like fall is a beautiful season in California on the coast. It's the closest Mm -hmm. we really get to summer. A lot of times the summers are completely overcast and cold and then yeah
1: yeah fall, and, fall's lovely fall, and, fall exactly. in california is, is really nice
0: yeah uh, yeah but i'm worried that we're using the wrong tense now graham so we'll, we'll see like and that was that was a little bit of I it and remember right. fall yeah okay. as we record and i swear i know we should actually get to the entertaining stuff soon today is the one year anniversary of the day edie and i saw this house that we bought we literally Are... saw it a year ago.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, isn't that? It? I honestly, I honestly thought it was later in the year. Um, that's... For some reason, I thought it was the, it was late October. No, no. I mean,
0: because we actually closed. Our closing was completed by
1: um, October 16th, and uh, then... I'm rem- I I'm shifting everything forward because yeah. for some reason I thought that you closed just for Thanksgiving. But then, no, you moved on Thanksgiving, so that that's can't right. be right. That's right. That's right. We actually... Because we had to... God, I can't believe it's approaching a
0: year. That's insane. Isn't it? So, yeah. It was a year ago that we, that we saw this place. And we came out and it was the perfect day. I had gotten off of work. We drove down here to see it. It was a thing. Our realtor was like, get down here and see this. It's not even on the market yet. And I think it might suit you guys. And we drove and we parked. And we were here early. And it was... Cloudless and sunny, and we we were here early, so we parked around the corner and we went down to the Marine Reserve. Um, actually, was the Marine Reserve closed? It was. So we went up on the bluff and we literally saw seals frolicking in the water, and we were kind of like, "Okay, this is." It was a little bit of the "oh, this is too good to be true,"
1: you know, kind of thing. Oh no, I remember you like being very excited, but also uh not suspicious right but but there was an element of
0: suspicious about it yeah yeah i think i, I think i think skepticism at at every sure. level let's, let's, yeah.
1: call, let's call it skepticism
0: yeah yeah because i because i think that there was because it was multivalent but underneath it there was some level of like this isn't gonna come together like this you know and then you know, it more or less did. More or less meaning ridiculous amounts of money that we have had to pump into the house because of
1: things that were well, you know, deliberately welcome. undisclosed. Yes, welcome to home ownership. Welcome to the ownership. I mean, it's it sadly, sadly the case, right? right, it, right. it really is. Uh, I'm so glad that we own this house. Unfortunately, now we own this house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it is
0: a little bit of a bummer that our anniversary is set where. It uh, Like, the orange skies have gone, but everything has seemed like a Twilight Zone episode ever since. Like, that part was dire, but since then, it has been foggy uh, and a thick fog. Like, sort of the same way that you can't see two blocks away. Normally, I can see... I'm less than a block away, although it's very close to a block away, is... Highway 1, and then on the fl- other side of Highway 1 is the mountain hill area that of Moss Beach that turns into Montara and stuff. Normally, I can look out my window and see cars driving up the little hill and trees and lights, and it's great at night. Um And now, of course, I don't think I've seen... I've I, The visibility hasn't been good enough for uh, a week. And... The streets are all empty because we're not supposed to go out. So you don't see anyone. Our ne- the neighbors across the street from us who were renters um, got a job offer and moved up to Washington. And, and I don't know what's up with the next door neighbors. All of which is to say it's, it's like a twilight zone in that the streets are empty and silent and there's just this fog hanging over everything.
1: And yeah, so... I actually I actually had that same thought today. I mean, it's literally, you know, we're we are we're living in like Mad Max territory. Yes, right? You know, like it's it's so it's so surreal. It's so strange to be in the middle of of this. Mhm.
0: It re- it really is. It really is. And so, yeah, there is uh it's just such a hell of a year and it's really hard not to feel like it is, I mean, I think the thing that's a bummer is everyone seems to be, and everyone, I mean, like, most of the lunatics in North America are kind of like, oh, this is a referendum that we're doing everything wrong. But what everyone considers everything is, in unfortunately, there's a widespread, you know, like you point out. It's like people are like, well, clearly this is QAnon's fault i'm like can't can't we just can we talk about global
1: warming maybe you know or <laughs> well that's just like it's everything yeah it's it's everything mm-hmm. i'm reading i think i told you this last week or maybe i didn't i'm reading the the Brent Stel, uh brian stelter book the hoax about the uh the relationship between fox news and, and trump oh no you didn't tell me this uh it's it's very it's a very good book it's very entertaining book it's uh, it's it feels too long, which arguably means that it should uh, it should be more interesting. Right? Yes. Yeah. It. Exactly. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you can't read it without being like, you know, there's no way of getting around the fact that like things have been fucked for a long time. That's right. And it's just that you know now they're so fucked that it seems irreversible. Right. But but things have been fucked for for a shockingly breathtakingly long time mm-hmm. and we were all like it it's going to be okay right because insert whatever platitude people told themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah no well cuz i think there, there
0: there is a there is a very strong confusion <laughs> in in america about who is supposed to do
1: what you know what yes. I mean like yeah, a, the, the idea of like fixing it mm-hmm. is also something that I think very few people agree on well, I mean that's the thing. I'm not really sure that that is the case. It's kind of like
0: that thing where they talk about like um you know, they used to break out the idea that like, oh yes you know there's disputes between scientists about whether climate change is real and and what the dispute meant was essentially 95 or 98 scientists believed in climate change yeah yeah exactly you know what i mean yeah
1: so like i think and they're like well there's a conversation and it's like but there's fucking not though you guys exactly and i mean i think that that
0: i assume is at least part of what's being covered in the book that you're reading well
1: It's, it's Yes and no. A, a lot more of, of the book is essentially that it goes far beyond that, mm-hmm. right? That Fox is literally uh, doing the work of the the White House to bury stories or to promote false narratives. Right. But also that Fox News is also promoting these narratives to Trump. Mm hmm. To, mm-hmm. to like, the, it does a loop, basically. Mm hmm. Right, and that it's, that it's an exceptionally unhealthy loop that is not controlled by the powers that beat Fox because the powers that beat the true powers of Fox are the hosts, and also that the news side has continually been at war with the, the opinion journalists it, it's like I said it's an entertaining read it's not necessarily an eye opening read for anyone that's been paying attention mm-hmm. but but it's definitely an entertaining read mhm mhm, yeah, yeah,
0: well. I feel, I feel like, I feel like that's such a good segue. It's like, yes, so yes. Speak, speaking of <laughs> metafictional narratives, let's talk comic books. You know, but um... let's
1: talk comic books. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I wanted to know where you were going to go with that. Uh, actually, I'm, going, I'm going to stick with what we were talking about. Weirdly, okay, um, and stick with a a, a long time podcast favorite, Judge Dredd. Oh, my. Jeff! This week, upcoming, mm-hmm. the Judge Drive Magazine celebrates its 30th anniversary with a new release. Holy smokes! And I am not joking when I am saying anyone who's been like, "Drock, sure, it sounds interesting, but I'm not really sure I want to like dive into you know 45 years of history."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is the issue to get.
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Uh, in, in sorry, I, I paused because I sneezed. Hmm. Um, it's an it's an astoundingly strong issue. Hmm. It's really, really good. It has a new John Wagner written strip, which is basically dealing with themes from America.
2: Hmm.
1: It has a, a new series which is an Elseworlds version of Megacity 1 uh, sort of reimagined as a noir story in an art deco Megacity. Wow. It has the debut of the comic strip version of Michael Carroll's prose prequel series judges Mm -hmm. which is now called dreadnoughts in in the the magazine Mm -hmm. but it's set 15 years in our future jeff as judges have just been set up
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and i am not joking when i say you can't imagine something that feels timelier yeah right it's shockingly timely and Mm -hmm. also really good very good michael carroll is a writer who's been really good for dread for a while and john higgins is drawing mm, Wow! and it's really good uh there's a new episode of L- lawless which is probably my favorite magazine um, magazine strip there's an anderson strip there's uh, a new god i can't remember the name of it. deliverance i think it's called which is the aliens but it's the dark judges in space strip um and they, they they always do, like, an additional, you know, if you buy print, it's, a, uh, like, a, uh, an additional graphic novel. Yeah. Or if you buy PDF, like, it's little, just an additional, like, 100 pages. And that is part one of the 2000 AD Encyclopedia. Oh, good Which Lord. is pretty much the official handbook to of the 2000 AD universe <laughs> that you didn't Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's genuinely this amazing, shockingly good package. Mm-hmm um that i i saw in the, the preview pack and i was like oh this looks interesting and then when i read it i was like this is just fucking shockingly good wow this this is such an astonishing package and such an astonishing like this is how you get to into two thousand and eighty or dread mm-hmm. package like mm-hmm. it's so good for that mm. that i really was like in awe of how just how good it is if nothing else people who are curious uh fucking buy it for the, the dreadnought strip alone yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's dreadnoughts is so good Jeff. Hmm. so so good
0: <laughs> interesting all right well that's i appreciate the heads up Graham. that's good to know i actually was thinking of steering you to uh semi-news related stuff in even though for whatever reason that i find confusing um well, it's it's basically a trifecta of confusion for me, um, which is to say, for some reason, DC fandom is back this weekend, but
1: you're not covering it, even though yes. so it is DC comics? Fandom, yes. It, okay. it, yes, I know. Uh, why am I not covering it? Because there's no real comics news announced. And really? I actually. Okay, all right. Uh, there's a bunch of comic stuff there. There is actually a lot of comic panels, but there's no real news I being see, in it. I see, and I, I like, I knew that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I'm not doing it. Reason number two, just doing the first Phantom honestly kind of killed me to be fair. Well, yeah, I know it kind um, of toasted your ass. So I mean, there, there, there were, there, were, there were some news like Doom Patrol was renewed for season three. Wow, which, which is great. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy about that because I can't remember if I said this in the podcast or not. But season two's end for Doom Patrol was. Fucking terrible, and I'm really upset at them. Oh no, you did not tell me that. I so for want of a better way of putting it, season two ends as if there's actually a missing episode. Really? <laughs> like, what you t- so most television shows have season-long arcs right. that build to a crescendo and a climax in the final episode. Sure. Yeah. Doom Patrol just doesn't. Ooh. Oh, it just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It just stops. Mm. And with no resolution for the season-long arcs at all mm. for any of them, mm. um, and it ends with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But it's a cliffhanger that should have happened in the penultimate episode, <laughs> and then you get some resolution, and right. it, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, hooray, they're you know they're breaking norms, but on the other hand, it's astonishingly un, uh, unsatisfying. As if you're sure, sure. So I'm glad that season three is coming. Hopefully, they will basically manage to not do that again. Yes. For yeah. For one of a better way of putting it, yeah, you know, um, Young Justice. The season four title was announced. It's called Young Justice. Phantoms, uh, phantoms, I should say, because it sounds like I'm saying fandom. Yeah. Um, they announced a new cast for Legends of Tomorrow. You know, they there was stuff that was announced. I thought they were announcing something about DC Universe today, but apparently it's next week. Uh, I've been sort of keeping an eye out today uh, about it, but no, there there was comics content um but because there's no news and honestly like it killed me so much the first time i didn't do it the second fandom i should explain this is you know it's gone for people listening to this but the second fandom was all the stuff that was cut from the first fandom at the last minute
2: because
1: mm. fandom was initially announced as basically we're going to have five different channels of broadcasting right for 24 periods and then someone pointed out that that's maybe too much. <laughs> you know, that's that's a shocking amount. And so they basically put the big stuff on one channel for the first fandom. And then for the second fandom, it was all the other stuff, but all of it was available on demand. Hmm. Because the first fandom was you watch it when it's broadcast. Right, right. It's like streaming. Television. Yeah. yeah. Um, And the second one was it's all available on demand and you can watch it whenever you want. Oh, that's good. And is it still
0: Still available
1: since or no? Still only for a 24-hour period and then it's done. Oh, interesting. So when you hear this, whatnot, it's it's gone. Ah, wow. Like this material will no longer be available as of 10 a.m. on the 13th of September. Wow. So, you know, it's kind of, it's a bold choice by DC. But then again, like it works really well for the first one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tuned in. It was a big hit. Yeah. So so maybe it's going to work. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not I I'm not doing fandom this time.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. But you like you said you had a pretty strong sense of.
1: I I basically knew all. But here's the thing: for the first one, I basically knew everything that was going to be announced there as well. Mm-hmm. But when it's here's a trailer, or you know, here's right. I you know the the here's. Uh, Matt Reeves talking about the Batman film. Mm-hmm. Here's James Dunn talking about Suicide Squad film. Mm-hmm. You want to hear what they're gonna say. Right. Right? I knew the comics news ahead of time. I knew like I knew all that stuff. But it was still news. <laughs> and in the second one, it's like, don't get me wrong, I want to hear Tom Taylor talk about deceased. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I happily watch Damon Lindelof and Tom King talk about Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also not news. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't feel the need to be like, okay, I've got to be glued to my computer for for this eight hour period.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I I think that it is. I I mean, good for you. But, uh, uh, huh? It, it it like I said, surprising for me in a lot of ways. But also, uh, like I said, I think good. Also, glad to know I'm not necessarily missing things. Although it is interesting what people can or will consider news, by which I mean, um I woke up Wednesday morning and my sister in law had emailed Edie and I uh the link to the story in the New York Times about the first issue of uh Represent. And it was kind of fun because her um Edie's sister actually is uh comic savvy um as as is Edie to an extent. Uh, you know, and so they basically, but they don't read stuff regularly. And their reaction, both of their reactions were like, this sounds great. Can you get, get me a copy? And I'm like, well, yeah, I can. I mean, it's digital. I can get you a, I can hold up a thing that you can read it on, you know, at least in the case of, of Edie, but um, it was interesting, because it seemed like the sort of thing that I kind of thought um, would be the sort of uh, thing that you would have told me about, at least off the air I, this week. I didn't know about it. Wow.
1: That's it, a... it was a surprise drop.
0: <sighs> but you're usually in the know about a lot of surprise drops. So, I mean, that's yeah. a, like...
1: No, no, it was a complete surprise to me as well.
0: Wow. Wow. So, huh. Kind, so... So for those of us who get the chance to to get your impressions, not quite in real time, but certainly um, after the fact, uh,
1: what what did you think? What
0: do you think of the I whole project? Would, I what would
1: do you... love – I think it's a great project. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, Represent is a new digital series from DC uh, that the mission statement is this is the series to publish creators that don't get published in the rest of the DC line. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get published in mainstream comics for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um it's which is a you know an and a, a good mission statement mm-hmm. i wish it was not just digital yeah but i also understand that it being digital allows them to cut costs considerably and be more daring with it mm-hmm. also like dc's just doing a lot more like digital right now they've got the harley series they've got the there's a deceased series that's digital only they've got the injustice series which is digital only mm-hmm. you know they're, they're, they're doing a lot more digital work yes right now. yeah 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 um so it's not as if like they've relegated this and everything else is is you know real mm-hmm. um the first issue was by Chris Cooper and Aletha Martinez uh Chris Cooper is the New York uh, Central Park Birdwatcher
2: mhm
1: you know he's writing about that mhm um it's uh it's fine it's laudable better uh, more than it's good i think mm. it's completely mhm uh, however it's also completely humiliating for Marvel. Yeah, because Chris Cooper was a Marvel staffer. Right. <laughs> Chris Cooper wrote for Marvel in the past, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and here he is coming back to comics because of DC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and so that's I would say an embarrassing thing for Marvel if Marvel gave a shit, but they don't. Marvel gives a shit. Give a shit. Uh, try it again. Marvel gives a shit about King and Black. Right. You know, Marvel gives shit about its superhero line. And basically that's it. Well, that's all I mean, also, I mean, on
0: the one hand, I agree with you, uh, that that is certainly the case, but I also do think it, it's, if you, if you look at the, especially in sort of the quote unquote shorter context, but, um, I would say that Marvel getting ta Coats. uh, to write, to write Black Panther, <laughs> well, no, but I, yeah, but I don't think that that is necessarily a six of one half dozen or the, the other. I mean, they 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 write superhero comics. Like one of the things that is interesting to me about represent is that, and it's something that I appreciated about the book a lot. Is is that it is.
1: Um, it has elements of the fantastic to it.
0: It's not just a little straightforward.
1: Oh, yeah. I, and to be fair, I, in an interview with uh, maybe the New York Times,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Cooper basically said, like, he was encouraged to write towards the fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you I, know, like, so it's it's not straight autobiography at all. Right. Right. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. um, and so, you know, DC is clearly aware that, you know, there is an expectation. Mm-hmm. And we should also say that DC is also hard pivoting towards superhero line over everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which know, is yeah the, mm-hmm. now compared with dc's i put five years ago oh, and it's 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 impossible not to see that so you know I'm, I'm bitching about marvel but it's it's also true that dc is doing the same thing right. um the the honestly the thing i liked more most of it represent was the text pages at the back you're right where they are very clearly just being like okay Brianna Taylor church mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like these people are being killed these people are being murdered by police officers um and it is it's unapologetic it is blunt and i loved that they did that because it's you know it it's it would not only not be surprising i think it would be expected for dc or marvel or for that matter fucking image to not want to make a statement that bold mm-hmm. for fear of upsetting people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only readers and fans but but they're they're bosses mm-hmm. you know and and i loved that dc just outright put this out in the, in the book mm-hmm. i said on twitter i wish those pages were in the rest of the books as well mm. you know i wish instead of having a you know the fourth interview with Jeff Johns, about three jokers mm-hmm. use that page to be like, Hey, you know, I'm glad you liked this issue of Superman. You know what? George Floyd was murdered.
2: Right. Right.
1: You know, like actually fucking stand up for something. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but I appreciate that it was there and represent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was the most, uh, interesting, the most worthwhile, the, the, the best part of the book for me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I, I uh, it,
0: it's part of what I liked. I mean, what I thought was interesting about Represent was how much it had a cobbled together feel to it, and which shouldn't necessarily be surprising because I would think that it all came I together very it was fast. Together, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so there was a little bit in which the it's. It's not sort of the level of traditionally
1: refined
0: pro- product that you're used to seeing from DC? No, no, it, DC? it's
1: not. It, it, it really does feel like something that's come from like a smaller press.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, it, in every respect, to be honest. Like right. Not only writing, but like Alita Martinez's art is, for want of a better way of putting it, bigger than I would expect
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: in mm-hmm. a DC book. Right. Uh, I, I, so, yeah, it, it was. It felt like something like uh like more indie which again is it's probably a good vibe for that series especially given its mission statement Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well i think i think
0: i i am of two minds on the one hand i think that that is a good point on the other hand i think that it's it's a it's a little frustrating to me because on the one hand, you're never going to win over the dickheads. On the other hand, I think that it is, like you said, it's, it's already kind of being corralled off in its own little corner of DC in a way, you know? And the idea, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, as you point out, those pages are not popping up in the back of superman you know what i mean like there's no but there's also i mean depending on where things go
1: from here yeah see that's that's the interesting point for me like daniel cherry the new guy in charge Mm it's is is very outspoken about basically wanting to make these characters stand for something right you know just this week again he made headlines because he wrote on fucking linkedin of all places Mm. uh you know I'm familiar with these characters, you know. I blah 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 blah, and then he's like, "But they've got to stand for something, and they've got to be appeal to a more diverse audience." Mm-hmm. And am like, if he follows through in that, well, yes, but I guess
0: I, I guess what I'm saying, Graham, is not so much the diversity of um, the 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 quote unquote characters, but I mean, like for example, uh, Tony S. Daniel is a creator of color, you know, like he is a filipino-american um and therefore fits very nicely it's hard to imagine someone that isn't
1: more they're, they're at they're the, like center the center
0: of DC. dc you know, iron, know what i
1: mean of course he's now left dc but yeah
0: right well no exactly which is which in a way is a little you know the timing is is not great but there there are also other creators um of color working at D C that can do products. In other words, I I think I would like it a little bit. My only trepidation about represent is a little bit of I would like it if it was uh, you know, established entrenched writers working with new
1: artists and vice versa. You know? The idea would that you, you're like, sort of I, I kind of like the new talent not even new talent showcase, but like diverse talent showcase, which obviously they can't call it that. That's the worst title in the world. But <laughs> Like I, I there's something about the like old talent mentoring new talent thing that I think sometimes comes across uh, a bit patronizing. Mm. I don't, I don't mean it as a mentoring.
0: I just mean it in terms of you sales or product or yeah. yeah. I mean, just yeah. There's there's a little bit of an idea of that it's all that it's that it's all the same. That it's all part of one interlinked thing like sometimes mm-hmm. i felt like when you looked at even other variations of dc's uh new talent showcase it's like a writer who's in his early stages drawing for an artist who's in an early stages means that there's double the mistakes that are going to be caught sure. th- you, that sure. are going to get over the transom and i just i just feel like there are times where it would be lovely to have something where you like you said the the represent feels feels a little um raw in a in the sense of it doesn't feel fully cooked i guess as opposed to edgy you know and it would have been nice i think if it had been something that felt more like this is a um outgrowth of of dc and where dc wants to go as opposed to the way that the big two kind of tend to do things, I think, which is let's have this little petri dish over here. And if it grows and takes over the lab, then great, you know, then we'll do something with it. But or maybe we'll cherry pick the best stuff out of it. And if we find an artist whose work, you know, really is awesome. Yeah, yeah, could Yeah,
1: exactly. A... Also, or, you know, if there's someone who really you know, catches fire. We can say we publish them first.
0: We can say we publish them first and, or like put them to work drawing a third string Batman character, you know? And yeah. I think that that's sort of the way things have been presented before. So, you know, we'll see that there's, there's a lot of ways that, that represent is um, surprising and exciting, but also has a bit of a, um, Everything about it has has, has certain indicators of uh, this is just something we're going to throw at the wall and see if it sticks. And to be honest, we're not going to throw it that hard, you know. So I hope that that's well, I, not I'm,
1: the case. I'm I'm um, I I'm very curious what happens with it. Yeah, because I also have no idea. Is it a weekly book? Is it a one- monthly book? Is it a whenever we have a creative theme book? Mm-hmm. Because if it's the latter. That really does feel like it's it's you know completely a token gig, right? You know, like you know when Marvel goes in, Marvel voices, right? And it's like so it's February, so you've decided to put out a book of black creators, right? Yeah, you know, like that always feels like oh, Eve, mm-hmm. no thanks, right. But, you know, that like represent could end up being the same thing if it's literally a well, whenever we have a, a good story, we'll put it out. <laughs>
0: yeah. like the call, next time call, an like, editor <laughs> of color almost gets killed in New York, let me tell you, we've got another issue coming out.
1: Like, no, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it needs, like, they need two minutes for want of a better way. Of yeah,
0: it. I agreed. Absolutely agreed. And and like, I think that no, there are ways. The talent's not out there. The talent is 100% out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely absolutely and i guess in a way i think part of me is like yeah you know these (laughs) let's put as much commitment behind it as they did behind what's what was the movement behind silencer and the other characters was there oh uh, dc dc's new age of heroes yeah the new age of heroes i swear to god i thought age of heroes and i'm like that's not right (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was Age of Heroes because Age right, of Heroes was was um, Marvel, right? Was, was Marvel? Yeah, yeah.
0: It was one of their their post, like the after the it end was post of Siege. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm, post Siege. It was like Age of
1: Heroes. And what is it? It's a trade dress and a dessert topping. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, do you remember Age of Heroes was Marvel? Was like you know we're like we're all optimistic now, and it lasted like two months. If if that, <laughs> I, yeah, like yeah. we're not optimistic anymore <laughs> because we meant to tell you. Like Norman Osborn still here, but now he's in the White House or whatever. Did he become president? or Am I making that up? No, I I thought Siege was wasn't Siege his downfall. Siege was his. Siege, no, Siege, yes, yeah, Siege was his downfall. But yeah. no, what what was what was the dark turn immediately after? I don't Age know. Of- it was it was like Age of oh, Heroes. But and... it, no, it was it was um, it was the bit where everyone was having the War of the World streams and they never fucking went fall through on it. Oh yeah, that one was
0: great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They had set, they'd seeded that one such a big, and then nothing happened, and maybe that's where Age of Heroes was supposed to be leading to, and then didn't. And then there was, I don't remember what the event was. There was one between, at least one, if not three, between Age of Heroes and Secret Wars. Was that one of those things where they started doing, like, it was Spider Island, and it was more like big events within the individual titles I and less of a line-wise yeah, event right. yeah okay it's, it's hard to remember <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's really it's it's uh, you know it's not like remembering real history which believe me it's not like i can do that but um <laughs> so you read magazine we both read represent um I feel I read Trinity Crisis after after your description of it. Um, And how how did you feel about it, Jeff? Well, uh, uh, look, I have to say, (laughs) well, what I thought was interesting is I really did think that you were absolutely right in that it did not. It was it was way more central than a sort of tie-in book would be and i would have i would have uh, um totally ignored it like i think i ended up comicsology does this thing that sort of makes sense and i also find deeply annoying which is that if you subscribe to a book um that is a mini series they more or less assume that you want all of the tie-ins yeah and and at least thank god it's not like oh we put in the 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 you know tie-in issue of the flash but it was like i had like you know the first few issues of metal and then whatever the the tales of the dark multiverse that poops special was or whatever and i mean you know there was a pile of it might have been the one that ellis's two-page story got cut from or or whatever and um right and i i was like fuck you know because i was like these are just you know this is tie-in product and it was and as with most tie-ins these days it was like six dollars so i unsubscribed i never would have picked this up if you hadn't said that it, it was integral to the story that to the main metal event and it is it's
1: it's a fucking chapter of metal it It really is
0: is. yeah i mean you know it's
1: not a tie-in it's a chapter of metal
0: yeah 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 yeah. and and so it it's it could be argued that it's a tie-in that doesn't move um especially quickly which to me is like yeah so it's really a chapter of metal you know and so yeah yeah, exactly
1: so oh, we're missing is even fucking more Sergeant Rock. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So so very
0: But it also because Francis Manipole is doing the art, or at least doing most of the art, uh it's and pretty. it's pretty, but I gotta say, like part of me was like, again, I know they lost Tony S. Daniel, but I'm like, I don't I don't make the jump between Capullo, like, I'm like, okay, and think of, like, five artists, like, who draw in the same style. I don't think Francis Manipole would have been on that list. You know, some of his stuff is, like you said, quite pretty. Some of it is, like, he just did stuff where I'm like, huh, this is impressively off-brand for a book that is being <laughs> written by the creators and edited by the editors. You know what I mean? Like, it's very strangely, uh you know, if nothing else, there was the decision to make Jonah Hex much more obviously an undead corpse, like a, a zombie-ish version of Jonah Hex, that for whatever reason, Capullo was like, mm, not into it. And I'm like, oh, Oh this makes sense. This is part of half of what they were trying to Oh, I get it now. But it, on the same hand, there was a lot of this stuff where I'm like I'm not sure that I'm so interested in the adventures of Bat Amigo and, you know, Super Rocker and 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 it took me it took me at least 10 minutes to be like, "Oh, oh, Wonder Woman, that's the that's her like invisible chainsaw." Like Wow, they couldn't—they couldn't just get Francis Manipal any reference materials, huh? That's—that's that's how we roll now. Okay, that's—I guess that's fine. Okay, like seriously, I—I I could not figure out what the hell she—why she was running around with a leaf blower, and then I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. Oh,
1: look at me. Looks uh, some—sometimes there are there are deadlines, Jeff. I totally get that. Uh, yeah, I and know. Sometimes, but... sometimes. You've got to just turn that product out. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So again,
0: like you said, look lovely. Glad I read it. Uh, Another product, if I can say, that was sort of strange in its so on brand, also strangely off brand, Bill and Ted are doomed issue one, where I think that it's delightful that a, you know, the movie trilogy that you and I ranted about just last week which was so great about bringing back all of the people from the original movies, Um, brings back Evan Dorkin who wrote the original comic book series, wrote and drew the original comic book series. He does the cover and then uh, Roger Lankridge
1: Which is such an odd choice. I love Roger Langridge a lot. Yeah, I don't think I ever would have thought Roger Langridge as an artist for a Bill and Ted series. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And part of me is like, oh, I kind of see it,
0: and I kind of am deeply confused because again, there's sort of a well, yes, I do. This is this is certainly the Muppets Bill and Ted, you know, and everybody's recognizable. And again, like, I just kind of don't. It's just such a weird chalk and cheese kind of thing. Like, was it just kind of like they were like half of editorial was like, I want Evan Dorkin to write and draw this. And the other half was like, I want Roger Langridge to write and draw this. And somehow and this they was compromised. Yeah, exactly. They're like, <laughs> we'll compromise, you know. It would be great, actually, if the next issue was um, written by Roger around. Langridge. And, yeah, exactly. I'm like, that'd be awesome. So that was... That was also very odd. Uh, A a fun little read in many ways, of course, but also very odd. Also, strangely, um, it's hilarious to see the... um, a series that has been so um, weird to actually somehow have ended up as a series to get that classic staple that a movie franchise gets, which is... A comic book that takes place between movies and therefore feels utterly locked down and unable to get off the rails.
1: <laughs> that's see, I hadn't read it and I was kind of looking forward to it, and you've made me sad now. Oh, I'm sorry, Graham. I'm so sorry. You have because I really liked Evan Dorkin
0: series well, from yes. the nineties. Right, right, and that's kind of the thing. And part of that was a little bit of it was Evan Dorkin kind of being like it. It was him and they do they do that you can tell it's still him it's just but it feels it does feel very different perhaps un- unsurprisingly it'd be great if it was in that way that bill and ted faced the music felt different but also clearly felt of a piece with the other movies or an, an organic extension of it and and this does feel a little bit like yes and this is totally an organic extension of a licensing marketing strategy. So,
1: yeah, it's... But, but, you know, let's be honest, that was never going to (laughs) happen. Wait. wait. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh...
0: (laughs) Speaking of which, you know, I, I didn't realize I am Mr. Like in the dark. It was only, I think, through reading Abbey's blog that I found out that Matt Fraction and the Dotsons were doing
1: this Adventure Man series from Image? Yeah, yeah, for, 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 yeah for Image, yeah. Right? We've like, been and, talking about that forever. Yes. And then I feel it just sort of came out really quietly. Yeah,
0: right, right. Well, see, that's it, because they were talking about it. It had been announced in, like, 2017, apparently. I, I, I only know that because they mentioned it at the back of the text pieces. For all I know, it was even earlier than that, so... But, yeah, it kind of came out. I was
1: curious if you had seen it, picked it up. Um... I haven't. I haven't at all. Um, to be honest, I feel like I would have a little interest in it, mm. uh, just based on the creators. I think the Dotsons are fine, mm-hmm. but the Dotsons, to me, are like Adam Hughes with less personality.
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: Like, what happens if you get Adam Hughes and then put him through a Greg Land machine, basically? Woof. <laughs> um, and the idea of, like, Fraction, I, maybe, maybe it's great Fraction, but, it, it, like, everything I heard about it felt very, um, like, mannered Fraction, for want of a better way of putting it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so it it didn't sound like my jam at all, so I haven't read it.
0: Now, just out of curiosity, is mannered Fraction supposed to be quote-unquote commercial Fraction?
1: Yes. Mannered Fraction is the Fraction who wrote, like, Marvel's Fantastic Four book, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. uh where like he's like i know how this works i can write in this framework Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i think fraction is good when for a better way of putting it like he's more neurotic
2: Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. i think when he tries to write in a framework it just doesn't work for me at all Mm. Uh, and so everything i heard about adventure man was it was going to be like you know i'm writing in this genre and it's like "Mm, no (laughs) interesting okay uh
0: yeah it's certainly of a piece let's put it that way i read the first two issues the first issue is just uh because i was so late to the party it had been marked down you know the way some image issues are but i mean even if i had paid full price for it the first issue was something like 58 pages like it wasn't yeah
1: it was a big book right yeah it
0: wasn't quite at monstrous monstrous issue one levels but it was really really close to be like being like jesus christ this is practically a goddamn graphic novel that i paid a buck 49 for um and uh and and it's interesting because it's very much it's 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 fraction riffing on the pulp pulps and very specifically riffing on doc savage which is you know uh, kind of a, 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 a weak spot of mine. So some of the stuff where the Dotsons are drawing the um, Savage pastiche is really uh, neat, I guess. Um, and then the where Fraction goes with it is... It's interesting that it's... Because in the back, he's very much like, Yeah, I'm just... I really am. I'm just. This is this is me just trying to write on the by the seat of my pants and just you know us making up just tons of back material and and figuring out like like not trying to second guess how it's going to come together and, and in a way part of me is like okay that's I mean those I think would be really good steps for fraction although I feel like I feel like fractions problems are never in the early stage of the game you know his the second guessing really comes the longer each issue goes on, I guess, you know? Um, But I think the thing that, that really sort of struck me, I think I started saying it, it's definitely of a piece, which is to say you read the first issue and maybe because maybe it really was written back in 2014, 2015, but like, you know, the beat's of the story, I guess. Like I'm kind of like, oh, they're doing this, so they're going to have to do this. But is it going to be that? And then it's that.
1: And so yeah. that's that's a that is a but, little okay. bit of a bummer. Is that how much of that is, for want of a better way of putting it, fraction writing? Again, like I know how to write this type of story. Uh, well, no. Like is is he trying to is he trying to zig in, when we're trying zag, or is he? doing just the opposite is he going well no this is the story where you zig uh i guess what i would say
0: would be that it depends what, what you're expecting sorry sorry it, uh, i'm i'm sort of trying to put together the thoughts which in, entail a lot of woof was right now if it were a matter of fraction doing the zigs and zags of a pulp pastiche that would be one thing it, it, but what it is is it's the zigs and the zags of people writing about pulp in the 21st century, which is to say from like page three or four, where you're introducing all of these characters and it's set back in the, um, the golden past of the thirties or forties you just know that's not where it's going to end up. And part of that is a little bit the cover and part of it's just, I was like, oh man, please don't have it be that this is the, you know, that what we're seeing is in fact the final adventure of the crew. And then we're going to flash forward to a bunch of people who are seemingly unconnected who discover their connection to this legacy. And I mean, it really does like dot, da, dot, da, dot, da, dot, da, dot, dot, the dot. The thing I, I I was gonna say how much of it is reads like uh Ellis? Mm, mm no, no. Ellis is actually the the wrong, interestingly enough, because of how tight he is uh to tied to Fractions um early stage of his career. Honestly, it reads a lot like uh shit. What was um Joe Keating's photographer image book oh shuttle shutter yeah it reads a lot like if um
1: shutter was a michael chabon novel essentially oh that's sounds... hilariously you added michael chabon and i was like oh so it's it's my fracking book right right so yeah so shutter I was like i did not expect you'd say that and then as soon as you said michael chabon i was like okay that makes perfect sense yeah exactly exactly and i think i've seen
0: elements of that i know there's definitely a mutual admiration society there but the the first two issues of adventure man are very much fraction at i would say his most shabantastic um which again is not necessarily bad but i think In tandem with that, exactly that element that you nailed down about the Dotsons, it kind of has a derivative of a derivative feeling to it. Like the book really does feel like, oh, if this had been Adam Hughes drawing Michael Chabon's blah, blah, that would at least feel... It'd be somehow exactly the same, but it, you would get less of that kind of warmed over leftovers feeling, I think. Sure, Which, sure, yeah. which I think admittedly is a very hard feeling to
1: avoid in... Well, I mean, uh, just pulp. with that concept, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean... Like, like, even the idea, is like, well,
0: I've read that before. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, exactly. I mean that that's it. The thing that's funny is is again, I thought of Shudder, but if you read the read that first issue, you're like, it's kinda everything. It's got more than a little bit of the um that second issue of multiversity, uh the God, I don't even remember who was drawing it. Maybe, maybe it's not the second issue.
1: I it's uh, so is the second issue. It's the Secret Society of Superheroes, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I guess that's right.
1: Yeah, and it's the, the pulp SOS. pastiche. The yeah, yeah, the SOS yeah, yeah. issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it it's also like that, which is unsurprising because Morrison is similarly drawing from his pastiche of the pulp's, like, fractions Uh, Adventure Man, that first, the first half of the first issue feels much closer to being like, oh, I know about the Pulps because I read that issue of Multiversity. And I don't think that that is really the case altogether. But there is a little bit of a... eh, Anyway, kind of a bummer because I was like, oh, this is certainly a lot of product and it looks lovely and it passes the time. But it also, like I said, it between all of the various feelings uh of of mehness i found it really hard <laughs> putting the meh in meta it was very hard for me to imagine that i was going to end up committing to picking up the the rest so of the issues yeah i mean and i'm not
1: even it was a little it's, bit it's of been the, a big hit hasn't it i don't i don't know i mean that's the thing i kind of have i think i think it has been i i uh I was talking to someone from MHD the, the other week, and they were talking about, like, you know, the oh, books right. are big on right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Adventure Man was one of them, for sure.
0: I get it. I mean, I get it. Because it, it seems like it... It it seems... There's no reason why it couldn't and shouldn't be. Because it, it looks great. It's got a lot of stuff about it that's laudable. I mean, and I think especially for someone coming into it who maybe followed the fractions or the dotsons and maybe hasn't spent a lot of time reading a lot of other indie books it's probably <laughs> oh awesome that that feels like like that feels almost mean oh I I know and I don't I but I don't mean it to be you know what I mean I just mean it I guess I just really do no, I, mean it. I, I
1: know the generous interpretation of that yeah but also I'm like that still feels mean. Well, I, it's, people I, who like these traitors but aren't very well read well, might like this.
0: I, I, I mean,
1: right? I guess, I guess, I think
0: that there is a. What do I put? I, I am trying to be generous in the extent that I think that comics are getting to an area where people don't have to be well read right like i mean for for you and i and for a bunch of people who follow comics like w- religiously and as a uh you know f- look at the go into the shops or look at what's coming out every week etc cetera, etc cetera, that's, that is a group. But the, the very thing, if comics is to expand, and it has been, the, the so-called casual readers are people that might only read one or two or maybe three graphic novel series a year and only kind of read what... Like, they're open to the idea of comics, but they they have, understandably, no compunction to put a ton of energy
1: into it right so sure. and again like why should they like the, uh, this is surely the the, the wind that we want right? right and that and right exactly it's and not that's like, what it's i mean not like no. people are like i like movies and because of that i have to watch every movie that's ever released you know right
0: exactly and so for me i just think that there is in part because this is such a long gestating uh project, it does have a lot of the feel of people who were into a lot of those guys who left the big two and formed their own books and image and and had really big early you know early big number successes with their with their early issues of stuff God, it's amazing how much that sounds like the original image founders as much as
1: I actually thought for a second, you were talking
0: about Yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking very much of when, you know, fraction and Gillen and Aaron and a whole bunch of those guys were kind of like, okay, we're going to move over here. You know, Brian K Vaughn really jumping into the, the image side of the pool. And, uh, I, I, I think it feels like that because of, in a way, because of the Dotsons. There's a little bit of the, oh, you can see where somebody who really liked Fraction on Iron Man or the Dotsons' work on, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. One of the things that's really funny is the Fraction and the Dotsons worked on X Men together. And in his Back Matter material for the first issue, Fractions, like, I learned a lot of really great lessons during that time, the first of which is don't write X-Men, which I thought was pretty funny, you know, but he also said, like, he was also like, I loved working with the Dotsons, and if you get the chance to work with them on anything, like, do it, so, you know, we had been really eager to work on this project, on a project again, Again, all of which I believe, but so there is a little bit of that idea of like this, this feels like a crossover book and it feels like Fraction at his, like you said, the the manneredness is of a different type, is of the, I'm writing something that is going to be a crossover book.
1: Um, I, I'm curious, just his thing in the, in the first issue, because I may be misremembering, but is there anything about the Dodson's basically trying to get Adventure Man going for a long time before him? Because I seem to remember they'd been working on this for a long time before Fraction's Name wasn't attached. Uh, let me see here. Because uh, it is – I should know that. And, to- and it might not. It, 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 that like that might not be there at all. Um Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, the thing is, is he's talking about, he certainly makes it sound like his ideas for stuff were coming up around 2009. Um, And, and so that, in terms of having some of the characters along the idea, and then he's like, the earliest document I can find in the Adventureman file is dated in 2009 um, I left Missouri for Oregon with blah, blah, in my back head and adventure man taking root in my head. So, uh, I knew right away, this was a world that Dotson's and I could live in and make a meal out of and tell as many stories about this adventure reborn as we wanted for as long as we liked. And, um, yeah, it, uh, you know, so I can't tell, it doesn't seem like it, but but you know it may be one of those things where each of them had different elements and then you know they Reese's peanut butter cupped it together which I'm very excited to turn into a verb and hope to use as much as possible verbiage wise Um, if only because I feel like a Reese's peanut butter cupping is such a, a strangely salacious gerund um I I'm I'm Come to think of it, I think the phrase strangely salacious gerund is is a phrase that I would like to work into my everyday uh, patois as much as possible. Graham, I think you have to derail me before I, I follow this loop to its natural end. Um, I love the little strangled sound at the back. I don't know if that was you sneezing and muting not
1: in time or Hello? There was, hilariously, me coming off mute as I was also coughing, and then I accidentally put myself back on mute. (laughs) Good job, me. Well, I'm going to cough again. Hang on. Okay. Because I have to say,
0: I was like, oh, great. I I made you, like, choke at the impossibility of stopping me as I went into a recursive manic tear, which uh,
1: hopefully will be the name of this episode. I'm not sure. Recursive manic tear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeff, so... As I think I said last episode, mm-hmm. um, Chloe and I are going, working our way through the Alien films. Yes, and we've actually watched, we, we we watched Alien Covenant today, and so we're done. Ooh! Um, but because of that, I said I was going to read the Dark Horse Alien comics or yes. Aliens comics, mm-hmm. and let me tell you, after reading the first omnibus, which is the first three miniseries, that's definitely some comics that came out in the early eighties <laughs> or the late eighties. <laughs> i don't know because i haven't read them since i read them originally when they were coming out i didn't know that when obviously alien 3 rewrites like their story because the alien comics i should say the first ones written by mark bryden are about um hicks and newt Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the second series ripley shows up and it's it's like it's basically the character from aliens Mm-hmm. And Alien 3 obviously goes, well, actually, no, Higgs and Newt die. Wow. Spoilers, everyone, but it starts with Higgs and Newt dying. And right. Ripley's left alive. Yeah. Um. So what our horse did is instead of going, well, okay, fine, like, they, they, that, they're that they obviously out of continuity. Mm-hmm. No, they renamed and re lettered the characters. <gasps> no! For the yes. omnibus? Yes! No! Billy. And and Hicks becomes like Wilkes, I think. No. But the backstories are the same. Right? No. So they're basically like, yes, I too was on a planet that was overrun by the aliens, and I, a child, survived by hiding in the closets. Yes. And then the colonial marines came out to get me, and they also all died, apart from this guy who also got acid in the face. That is. It's just like, it, it's kind of shameless in the best way I, I was about sense. to say that's great
0: i mean there's something that's kind of fabulous about that i i you know it's it's no ape slayer but it is it is right up there in terms of kind of brazenness like well you know no one's gonna buy these books if they're out if of we, continuity did, yeah, so if either. we just sort of yeah, let's just do it just reletter reletter re-letter away holy hell Billy
1: and Wilkes. wow I, and also i completely forgot because again it's been you know more than three decades since i've read these
2: mm-hmm.
1: that like the first miniseries the first series 100 percent goes for broke and has the aliens on earth taking over earth by the end of it the first miniseries yeah 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 yeah
0: I got to say, I always thought that one of the smarter things the 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 film series did was staying away from that possibility as long as possible. Like the longer you stayed away from it, the kind of like the more you realized it could only be disappointing. So the fact that Dark also, Horse like, just goes it's, there, it's,
1: yeah, it's done. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, like you have, you have two choices: they get to Earth and they're defeated, or they get to Earth and it's the story's over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like you have nowhere to go after that mm-hmm. uh but knowing this like they get to earth and they just like carnage and then wilkes and billy <laughs> <on the universe. laughs> really huh Okay. Yeah. Right, that is another option and then they, and then they run into to ripley that who's still ripley by the way well
0: sure because she survived uh, so she can you know she's got further adventures in her and so
1: but she doesn't like right,
0: you're right she, she doesn't die at the end of alien 3 when yeah. the hell could this have taken place
1: so they meet up with Ripley, who's still Ripley. And wow. Ripley says things which now make no sense. Like, I remember a little girl who got trapped under a thing. That girl was you, Billy. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> how, how is this happening? This what? is great. How Why are people talking about this? This is amazing. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, um, long, long story short, they're actually pretty shitty comics. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. They're far shittier than I remember. Mm-hmm. They're also shockingly slow Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like molasses is faster than these comics yeah i mean i felt that way about a lot of dark horses early
0: adaptation stuff like both them and predator there was just a ton of like people blab blab blabbing you know um for reasons that utterly escaped me but well i want to say graham uh i don't i can't imagine that it ends up in any omnibus although maybe it does but uh you know, Jim Woodring wrote um one very not good uh Alien tie in, I thought, and one amazing one, Alien's Labyrinth. Uh Jim Woodring I think, and no, Art by That isn't one of the omnibuses. Killian Plunkett. Really? It's in yes. it, Well, I recommend that you read it because I thought that it was really um it was good. It it was to me it was kind of unsurprisingly Hero three. Oh, did he do a third one i think i'm i alien know i read the
1: alien backsplash alien labyrinth and aliens kidnapped
0: yeah i think i read backsplash i definitely read kidnapped and
1: labyrinths. labyrinth was great kidnapped was terrible I'm backsplash is killian plunkett oh. and it was in dark horse comics in
0: 1993 right shit
1: uh labyrinth is also killian plunkett yes and he's great by the way he does oh fabulous and work. was which was the sequel to backsplash uh labyrinth was the sequel to yes backsplash? yes and then kidnapped hmm. is jim woodring and uh, co-written with a guy called justin green right And uh, illustrated by francisco solano lopez yes uh that guy named justin green is
0: i believe underground comics legend justin green aka what uh Binky Brown and the Virgin Mary, Justin Green. Yeah, I believe. exactly. Yeah. Binky Brown, it's the Holy Virgin Mary. I'm looking that up right now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you'd be like, oh boy, that's going to be the one, especially with Solano Lopez. Uh, it looks gorgeous, but it, yeah, it's it's just it's just a piss take. It's just kind of a crazy like, hey, you, know, you, you I don't even remember. I I feel like it, it is. It's it's basically. Woodring and and Justin Green, I think, kind of doing the riff on what if we did our version of Mark Twain's, you know, the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County, except the frog's an alien. Like, it's really, um, which is fun, which must have really made everyone laugh when they made the pitch, but the comic is just is pretty terrible, I think. Um, yeah, but I have to hunt up Backsplash, which... Like I said, because I like Labyrinth so much, it's it was very short, but very... Again, Woodring... Unsurprisingly, Woodring's got a really great sense of body horror. And he's also... Um, well, Graham, you've seen a bunch of alien movies. Uh did you did you guys end up watching the Alien versus Predator film? No, no they to?
1: they remain. Uh. Um so I will tell you, as I said last week, I liked Alien. I think Aliens is actually a film that you should not watch again if you liked it right. as a kid. Yeah. Like 'cause I, I really was like, Oh, that does not hold up at all. Like this is this is a bad film. <laughs> wow, yeah. This is this is not a good film. That is a shame. Um Alien Three was more interesting, but still not good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Alien Four is shockingly bad, isn't it? It's such like, a shame. Shock, like it. I likened it to a Mountain Dew commercial <laughs> from that same era, <laughs> or like an image comic. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is. It's really bad. The most interesting thing about it, and this is not a compliment, is that you literally see Joss Whedon go. Oh, I know how to do Firefly. Mm. Interesting. It's. I mean, it's literally a fire. It's literally him working out the mechanics of Firefly. Hmm. Um, but the dialogue again, like while I still think the dialogue in Aliens is maybe the worst in series because it's so bad, the dialogue in Alien Resurrection is just terrible terrible it's so so many ways well i think <laughs> because I... they try and have like ripley be a badass right and not only is the dialogue terrible but security Beaver seems to be like the most bored person in the world reciting it yeah 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 i think i think one of the things that
0: is super i mean there's a lot of strikes against uh alien resurrection and i mean i gotta tell you that was that that was an experience in um, watching my expectations deflate in real time in the theater. Like, it's one thing when, you know, you're kind of like, oh. And it's another thing when it's like, this is the only feeling that I'm having. And it is so large as to be, like, trackable. Uh, is as it goes along, I think part of the problem is the director who they got, who is the absolute fabulous director of uh, Delicatessen he, and City of yeah, Lost so Children. Yeah, City of
1: Lost Children and Amelie, and yeah. Yeah, you know, ends up doing this and
0: clearly had kind of, it seemed like maybe there were ideas he wanted to do or maybe he just, it was the biggest paycheck. But I think the two big problems were he either does not, did, I felt did not have enough English to contr- to really guide the actors in terms of what he wanted from their performances or didn't really know or didn't care enough but
1: the performances are really terrible in it like you know yes, and it's every everyone is bad in that film yeah there's not one good performance in that entire film
0: well i would i actually i thought the guys the french actors from his previous films were okay
1: um but yeah no they're okay, yeah. the best you get is okay. Well, there is yeah. not one good performance in that film. Yes. And there are some really bad performances. Yeah, we'll see, that's you know what it. the yeah. bad film when... Um, God, what's the name of the guy who played Ron Perlman, mm-hmm. the guy who plays Talbot. Um, he comes across as being too broad even for Ron Perlman. <laughs> right, right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, all of it is just kind of like... There's a way where if you had taken that cast... If you taken the cast from four and then basically put given them the director David Venture, from three, I think it could have been a lot better, or at least a lot more interesting, I guess. But as it is, yeah, that that movie just um, it's ugh, oh god, it was bad, wasn't it? It's like it's like those um, it's like a fast mo- when you watch those fast motion videos of watching sandcastles get.
1: Eaten away by the sea in real time, you know. It's just like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's so shocking. It's the one that we almost stopped watching. I bet. I totally bet. No. I, I, and then yeah. we went out to Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which I liked before, and I like much more now. um Covenant or Prometheus or both? Both. Oh, both. interesting. Okay. I actually really like Covenant today. Yeah. I really like Covenant. Today. I still haven't seen it.
0: Still haven't seen it.
1: I, maybe I should. It's, for all intents and purposes alien cross with uh prometheus right right exactly which i know was
0: kind of where they were really going to go with that but i don't know i was not crazy there was parts of prometheus that i really quote unquote admired and there's i mean that's it michael fassbender is genuinely excellent um
1: just doesn't i I was going to spoil it i was going to spoil it Uh, A covenant thing for you, but I won't because if you've not seen it, I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, covenant is very much a sequel to Prometheus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I heard,
0: and I forget did because does Lindelof Lindelof has his hand in Prometheus? Lindelof
1: writes Prometheus, right? But does not write Covenant, or does not write Covenant? Okay, Covenant is I can't remember. It's two writers. One of them is Michael Green, who also wrote Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, interesting. Um, And I can't remember the other one. I can't remember the other one is. Okay. Okay. Huh. Huh.
0: So, so you like them both, and uh, and Covenant worked. Do you have a Do you have a
1: one above the uh, preferred? Yeah, I think I actually think Covenant, Mm -hmm. but also Covenant. uh, Covenant only works because you've seen Prometheus. So that work, if that makes sense. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. Oh huh, well, uh, but I think Covenant is better, but again, Covenant is, and I think it must be deliberate. Alien, Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to the point where they actually lift dialogue from Alien, so it's got to be. Wow, really? Yeah. Hmm. Which is something I, I missed the first time around, and like I only caught it this time because like I saw Alien last week. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. But also the funny thing about Covenant is because Chloe hadn't seen Covenant before, and she's like, "Is that Danny McBride?" <laughs> and yes, it is. It right. is Danny McBride in a rare dramatic role. You know, McBride. I think. Uh, so,
0: so he, I, I want to float a theory, Graham. Uh, uh, two theories, and you, feel free to blow holes in them as as large as you want. Uh, is that that? For me, one of the things that the first alien movie does incredibly well and I think is a thing where I think filmic science fiction works its best is the closer that you get to quote unquote blue collar experience in science fiction, sort of the more enjoyable it is that part of what works in the first alien movie is because it's not so much that the characters in alien as i recall are what you would call well-rounded but what what really helps is is that what stands out about them as characters really is a is about is sort of class You know, like the guys who essentially are only interested in doing it if there's overtime involved, which I think is classic. And um, there's even kind of a larger sense that to the extent that Alien, quote unquote, has something to say. And I think that it's kind of interesting the way that Cameron picks up and extends it, although it sounds in retrospect not nearly as well is the idea that Alien is about the blue-collar worker being sold out by the
1: rise of the large corporation, you know? I, I'm I going to say nothing more because that's literally the story that Chloe's wanting to write. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. that's literally the story that she wants to write. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, about how the entire series is uh, really a story about class. Mm-hmm with the With the exception of alien resurrection, but again, alien resurrection is a fucking disaster right um and even then there's elements of it,
0: mm-hmm. but like
1: alien aliens and alien three- mm-hmm. are firmly based on the idea that corporations are manipulating and abusing poor people right um for for their own benefit right like that's that's incredibly clear. Mm -hmm. and then you get something like prometheus where i think that's also true i think you can also make that argument you know especially i was going to say spoilers for prometheus prometheus came out like eight years ago um you've seen prometheus right i have although only once in a long time ago but like when wayland shows up Mm -hmm. as basically like yeah fuck what you thought the mission was right like i'm rich and i want this yeah like that really underscores it. Yeah, no, I think so. Um in in a way that is and I should say Covenant drops that I feel entirely and oh, very purposefully. Okay. Cuz uh, the
0: the first quote unquote trilogy Alien, Aliens and Alien 3, I think one could argue explores different elements of blue collar exploitation, I suppose, with the second movie being about in its way the military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex in the third not in any sense where you get a very strong sense of the industry in it
1: but oh no like the company is like so generic yeah yeah they, Do you know what i mean it's like it's literally the company mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know it's the corporation that right. who could be anything right right
0: yeah exactly um so for me like danny mcbride makes in a weird way, a ton of sense because McBride is one of the few, uh, actors in Hollywood that I feel gets code. It can be successfully coded as blue collar, as opposed to kind of like, Oh, here's Bruce Willis and he's wearing a jean jacket,
1: you know? Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, uh, as with, honestly, I think all of the films McBride is, basically playing a stereotype like at one point clays was like i'm fairly sure more than 50 percent of his dialogue is the word shit right yeah absolutely um, right but he does it very well yes exactly Do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you 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 understand who his character is you understand what he's there for right right you know yeah. and that's that's really all you want from these films the reason i like covenant so much but also think that it utterly drops that is I can't say without fucking ruining covenant. Never mind. <laughs> it it well, does a very specific thing that I think is really interesting, mm. but I can't say without ruining covenant for you. Right, right. Huh. Well, that's a that is frustrating because I'm like part of me is like
0: spoil it and part of me is like ah eh, no, I think maybe I want to see it. I don't know. Like but maybe not because I still don't think I mean in that regard part of why Prometheus doesn't really hold up is david david and even wayland work as constructions no pun intended of the upper class but again to me that all of the characters in prometheus at the level of like work like there's no, there's no there's no real class indicators in them that are anything other than like, oh, he has a hipster beard. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that's like, Oh, Numi Rapaz, um uh, she uh, boy, Numi Rapaz is named Numi Rapaz, you know, or Idris Elba is Idra Idris Elba-ing it up through yeah, the yeah. whole production, you know. And there's
1: um, you but- know i got a jeff fucking watch covenant okay that's something very specific that i really want it like i really want to get into oh you know what just but. spoil it graham i had it's how old is the damn movie it's like two okay, years old right okay yeah, um go covenant for it. is so covenant is like alien mm-hmm. except they meet david right, right. um and David, it turns out, the, the planet they've landed on mm-hmm. is the Engineers' planet. Mm-hmm. And David went to the Engineers' planet and killed them all. Really?
2: Oh,
1: yeah. Interesting. And basically, he has got he has become like a genocidal dick mm-hmm. who has genetically experimented on the aliens and created the alien as we recognise them. Mm. Hmm. And he's like, and he, you know, he. Michael Fassbender is great as like this lying android, yes. Who's like yes? Somehow this this got released, mm-hmm. but it's he's so good because it is. It's it's David has gone rogue and David takes revenge,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And that is that's that's great, but it it completely blows the blue collar thing out the water, right? Right? Because mm-hmm. because David is uh, is rebelling against the structure that built him.
0: Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I wonder if that is a, it's Scott's way of talking about kind of the, arguably one could say maybe the way that the tech industry, you know, disrupted traditional corporate, um, Roles, but really just ended up taking it and, and making it more monstrous, like literally makes that more explicit. That the, that what you have from sort of the stodgy, don't care about humanity version of the early Wayland Totani Corporation essentially David becomes, you know, Facebook, where it is. Not just a disruption of those former corporations, to but but also is interested in kind of the active cultivation of destruction, um, you know,
1: for his own ends. Maybe? I don't know. It's just, it's like, I, I really, I end up really liking it. Well, I, I'm I glad really do like know. it. Again, Fassbender plays another android in it. Oh, right uh which is something that's quite fun that would be also plays, be like he basically plays a good guy on android and a bad guy on android uh, with different accents which is particularly fun oh that's great that's great
0: yeah i i do think that that the um that the promo the promo advertisement faux advertisement for david that i i think i watched
1: is this... still like the greatest thing
0: yeah is right? is is, is i would great. have to say Arguably my third favorite Aliens movie, I would say. <laughs> yeah, basically,
1: so. no, I, 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 I feel there's so much there's so much in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it it does if like if there is an overarching story of of like class in Aliens,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um, I feel that Covenant it very intentionally drops it, it intentionally drops a lot of it, hmm. like. It's um, it drops the the chest burster alien.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It drops the alien as you know him right up until the end of the film. Hmm. Uh, you see basically different variations
2: mm-hmm.
1: because the idea is, of course, they're like it, it's a biological weapon that is evolving,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. right? And it's right. it's you know Scott has repeatedly said you know I think all those those like the facehugger and the chest burster and the xenomorph are all played out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he he shows that like it. it Covenant is almost an anti alien alien film. It's very much like I said, a set of sequel to Prometheus.
2: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but also being like very much a prequel to Alien. Right. Right. Please. And also make of Alien. I'm sorry. And also what? A remake of Alien.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that would of course it wouldn't surprise me. One of the things that's really fun about to me about Prometheus is how much, uh, as you may recall, when First Alien came out, I don't even remember if it was Scott as much as m- maybe some reviewer, but they more or less said like Alien is like a haunted house in space movie. Oh, and, Alien slasher movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think so. I think that's actually a really good way to put it. Well, I mean, again, yes and no, um, but yeah, yeah, it's got it's got a lot of the same template. But one of the things that I think is quote unquote fun about Prometheus is there are images that Scott Ganks that again just aren't just alien. But I swear to God, like there's that amazing like moment where the the it's toward the end of the movie and like some sandstorm starts to come in. And there's, like, the Skull Mountain or whatever that's, like, above this spaceship. And I'm like, this is, like, fucking House on Haunted Hill.
1: like the Yeah, and... no, it like, one of the things I like about Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3 mm-hmm. is that you've got a slasher movie, an army movie, and a, a prison movie, right? Like, I was watching this, and then you get to Alien Resurrection, and it's a fucking mess. And I was like, no, you know what I want to see? I want to see the Alien heist film. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right. I want to see heist film and, of right. course, one of them is an android because he's the best person to calculate the odds. And then the heist is interrupted by the alien. Right. And then it becomes how how can the heist guys use their skills to get away from the alien? Because, mm. again, you you drop the alien into other genres. Right. And and you basically just tell the, res, the resulting story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what i like i that's what i want to see i i like prometheus a lot i like Covenant a lot but i'm happy to drop the mythology and just be like an alien film is a a monster movie that interrupts another genre right right hmm Hmm. you know Hmm. give me that i'll be happy right yes alien rom-com
0: uh right i'd watch it (laughs) <laughs> I, great. I've just watched five alien films last week. Well, it's true. I'll be curious if you do dive into the
1: old AVP. I believe I believe uh Clay wants to start tomorrow, so the answer is yes.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow, well that's very exciting. Uh just remember I I, I don't know if they're both, but at least the first one it's Paul is it Paul T. S. Anderson? It's not. It's not Paul Anderson.
1: It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not Magnolia guy. <laughs> yes, it's not. It,
0: yeah, please don't be like this is a real drop down from Boogie Nights, uh, which again drop an alien into
1: that one and it's like you've got a party. Um, <laughs> no, but like it's the it was it was a fun thing and also like doing that and then going into RoboCop. Well, like, RoboCop was literally yeah, it's we saw it on the like available for free and we were like oh oh sure, RoboCop oh. Um and Robocop's like hilariously bad and cheesy, but also fucking great. Oh yeah, it is great. It it
0: it's absolutely fantastic. I mean the, the cheesy part is kind of that's just That's part of the joy of it. Well I was gonna say that's also part of the time. Like when Edie and I rewatched Robocop, which was within the last year, because we watched it here, because again, uh I think on H on HBO I was like, fuck it, we're watching Robocop. And um, it's like a such a real hoot, like that movie is, um, and, and like you said, it's weird how much <laughs> its prescience is more in how much it is. Uh, it seems tame
1: now, like it was. Yeah, such it really a... does. Everything about Robocop seems super like you know, oh, wow, remember how great things were before 2016? Right. That is Robocop. Yeah, a like little Robocop's bit. Like, oh my god, can you even imagine? And it's like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to imagine. We're living worse than that now. Right, exactly.
0: Exactly. So, all the shit in it that is so, uh, so much worse, but at the time was just just fabulous, you know? And, and I mean, in the sense of, like, wow, it was such a um, hugely farcically dark take on on things and also just sort of so there's so much about it it's very still shockingly violent it is amazing the the level of brutality to it in fact so much so i was kind of like uh you know like because because times have changed a lot i kind of turned to Edie partway through the recent rewatch. And I'm like, Jesus, this is really like a a science fiction Sergio Corbucci movie. And she was like, uh, who did what now? You know, because it was just like, <laughs> but it's true. Like, uh, I know that Verhoeven, of course, has his own predilections for just ridiculous amounts of um, spirited violence. But, you know, the, the Corbucci brand of, cruel you know he takes corbucci's tendency to have cruelty and the capacity for people of bad people to sort of gleefully inflict violence on other people um and corbucci just makes it depressing for Hovind's like oh isn't this a knee slapper let me tell you, you know so it's a, it's a, it's a very different sort of gig for him but wow um robocop so i feel like so so Maybe you guys should watch Predator before you watch Alien versus
1: Predator, because
0: you know Predator. Uh, is... Uh,
1: honestly, I think I I I might draw the line there. <laughs> Did I've you never, I've the never liked Predator? Predator films. I've never liked Predator
0: films. Well, there's not that many. There's like there's like the good there's one, like the bad one, and then oh yeah. Well, I mean now there is, but I mean you know. If you take out Alien versus Predator, you've got two reboots, and then you've got Predator One and Predator Two, right? Unless I'm sure, missing you have, something else. No,
1: you have Predator in eighty seven, Predator yeah. Two in ninety, Predators in twenty ten, and The Predator in twenty eighteen. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's not really
0: um, of it's not really a franchise,
1: you know. It's it's
0: it's kind of and so I'm just curious because to me. Predator, in part because it's John McTiernan uh, directing, is pretty great. It, just in terms of its own level. Like, it's not... It's really hard to be like, yes. I mean, unlike the Alien movies where I'm like, yes, this is really about something. Uh, and I never bothered with Predator 2 because it just looked... It just looked like... It just looked like a mistake. Like, every it was, every state. it was It was... It was like sideshow Bob walking through the field of rakes. Every every idea that they had, it was just like no.
1: I've one, just looked no. up the box office performance of the Predator series, <laughs> and I genuinely love that the first one has made more money than the rest of them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I saw Predators, and Predators
0: wasn't. I mean, it wasn't good. I,
1: I mean, internationally. Mm-hmm. The uh, the most recent one and the second like Predators and the Predator made more money than Predator, but in the United States, oh yeah, Predator the original still outgrossed both of the remakes. Oh, well, because it was yeah, because it was I mean, it you're was, like because it was good. Well, <laughs> I, I love mean, it. that's your attitude. You're yes, like, but come on.
0: Well, because I because I think that I think that one of the things about the 80s was one of the truisms that you learned was. If you had a Schwarzenegger movie, you had you made money. If you had Schwarzenegger in a good movie,
1: you made tons of money,
0: right? And that was kind of the thing You're with Honestly Predator. just
1: fueling my desire to watch The Last Action Hero again. Oh god. Oh my god, The Last Action
0: Hero. Yeah, you should do it. Wow, The Last Action Hero. Uh, that seems like such an amazing basket of missed opportunities, which is really kind of a shame. Uh but yeah. Wow, the last action hero. That is not um do you think that's a good movie, grant
1: Just I mean, just between you and me.
0: I like how I had to roll uh, it back there and try and like guide I, you into I, let's my draft. Do,
1: do I think it's a good movie? I'm going to say no, mm-hmm. but it I also know that it's something that I really want to rewatch. Mm-hmm. So it clearly can't be a terrible movie.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I I'm like, hmm uh yeah no I, I put it in well no 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 i mean honestly when i watched it i was like oh this is this is far more clever than than because i didn't see it on original release but god help me i it's still been because i'm old now it's it has to have been at least 15 20 years since i saw it so i don't know when the hell i really watched it maybe it was kind of back when tarantino was kind of trying to Single-handedly lead a Shane Black uh, revolution or something, but um, or reappraisal, I should say. It sort of sounds like he was trying to overthrow Shane Black, but uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind watching it. I feel like Last Action Hero when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is this is far better than I would have thought. It's just, I think it might be something where as time has gone on, Shane Black's Shane Blackness has kind of tarnish the last action hero for me like the last action hero followed by the last boy scout followed by uh one of his more recent oh probably the
1: nice guys yeah nice yeah
0: i was kind of like ooh, yeah okay
1: like because there's what's a the wee... last boy scout also shade black what's that was Last Boy Scout also Shane Black? Yes, yeah, it was. It there was. So. yeah. See, he
0: wrote and he. Sorry, he wrote it and Tony Scott directed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, yeah, no, exactly. He went with the Last Action Hero. He went with the Last Boy Scout, and then you watch them
1: both, and you're like, "He, wow! He Last Action Hero was literally his next film after the Last Boy Scout." Oh, okay. So one came before the other. That makes sense. Yeah, Last Boy Scout was 1991. Last Action Hero was 93. Apparently. Man, that guy had a roll. Gosh. Oh, oh, shit, he did. Lethal Weapon, 87. The Monster Squad, also 87. Lethal Weapon 2, 89. Last Boy Scout, 91. Last Action Year, 93. And then The Long Kiss Goodnight, 96. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then Danny fucks off until Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, holy smokes. And then he had another run. Iron Man 3, Nice Guys, and Predator. Yeah. And then he just disappeared. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, he, in theory, we'll see. I think I think the Predator had a
1: lot of there was a lot of problems there. So There was a lot of problems, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I don't mean to suggest that the Predator is just like everyone everyone loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, but yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah. Black really did, especially um uh, cuz the, the nice guys is a really fun movie to watch. Um don't get me wrong. They're all Well, I don't know about The Predator. I still haven't brought myself to watch it. But in theory, all of them are enjoyable movies. They're just strangely fucked up somehow in a way that kind of makes The Last Action Hero seem more fucked up in my mind. Yeah,
1: I see. And I don't really remember anything beyond thinking that it was smart, Mm -hmm. but also it thought it was smarter than it was. Right, right. Like, I don't really remember much beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, and also wasn't Charles Dance the bad guy, or am I making that up? Ah, uh, my, I don't know. Like Charles Dance, Alien Three, Charles Dance. Yeah, Charles Dance is a bad guy. There, I'm not entirely insane. Oh, yeah, okay. Charles, Dance is the villain of, of of the last section here.
0: Oh, okay, I got to rewatch that. The weird thing is, um Tom Noonan. Is one of the bad guys so much so that I think he actually ends up having an action figure, and I think I told you about how obsessed I became with like developing a, a an a action figure collection of Academy Award winners.
1: Like I, you, you've never told me that. And I love it so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I never told you that. You've never told me that. Oh uh, man, yeah.
1: Yeah, in in the depths of
0: my action figure obsessive collective buying, I went through a period where I was like cuz uh, cuz cause, cause there was that amazing uh turn where you had all these actors who would direct uh movies and then more or less win, you know, like basically it was like I the realization that Kevin Costner had won best director for Dances with Wolves and there were like 7 different water world action figures of him. And then I was like, I, you're like, wait, what, what if? Yeah. Right. Cause then I just started thinking about it and I'm like, okay, so I've got an action figure. That's the, that's best director. What else do I have? And, uh, and there were, there were the, uh, sadly, my collection is lost yeah. to the mists of time, but there were a lot at, at a certain point. I really uh, was, was scraping the bottom of the barrel cuz at first i was like oh there's a ton like once you get your Clint Eastwood action figure you know he's been nominated for like six academy awards and i don't remember you know because more and more figures were getting their likenesses as sure. action heroes i was like fuck it ben affleck he Fucking what! Like I was like, okay, they just have to be nominated. They don't necessarily have to win, so that I could like widen my things. But once you start, if you collect the Star Trek Next Generation action figures, you basically could stage like three years of the Tonys. You know what I mean, like there are <laughs> so many tony award winning action figures out there, like the Academy Awards was kind of tough, but I was like, the Tony Award figures, I started picking them up. I'm like, well, you buy next gen. it's like it's just fat fucking accompli you don't you don't you don't really have to work, so it it kind of it kind of bummed me out, oh anyway, so all of which is to say, Tom Noonan um wrote and directed a really excellent uh movie. want to say shit the problem is i can't remember what it was called it's something about i was going to say it's called about last night i'm like no that was the fucking sexual perversity in chicago movie adaptation with rob lowe and jim belushi and other regrettable choices um shit it was him and karen what's her name ah damn it anyway i want to say it was called about last night but maybe it was called last night it's a date movie and uh about tom tom noonan was it place. Was
1: called what happened boss
0: what i guess it is is him right thank you thank you for being near the computer graham what, what happened, happened was <laughs> it's a great it's a good movie it's really good these two characters on uh not quite a blind date Fabulous. Noonan wrote and directed that, and I went and saw that. Saw that. I'm like, this guy's gonna go places. And with all respect to Tom Noonan, um, I was wrong. I uh, he did. I don't think that he really did. But he was. It was so weird seeing him, and him being like, he was one of the bad guys in Last Action Hero, and then there's one of the bad guys in Tim Burton's Batman. Like one of the Joker's henchmen was like, kind of strangely. Who am I thinking of? Uh, anyway, it's I. I somehow got us off the point, which God help us, was about the Predator movies. So, you know, you're welcome, everyone. Um... Ah, <laughs> uh, Graham McMillan. But yeah, no, it you was
1: should... about the Alien movies originally. Well, it let's, was. Let's but be fair. You
0: should watch. You watch RoboCop. I feel like you should watch the Predator. Predator. <laughs> I, I,
1: I do. I do feel like I am sort of working my way through like. A certain you know sub genre of 1980s movies. I think so.
0: I think so, and I think it can culminate when you, I, and Chloe can do a streaming live watch of Stallone's Judge Dredd together, and and
1: everyone can oh join us. Oh lord! Do you know how much she wants to watch that film again? I'm, like how much? I know. I know, dude. We can do it. We should get a, a wait.
0: What Twitch channel or something? Can't you? You've got Amazon Prime, right? Can't we like? Yeah. So is, is it on Amazon Prime? No, no. I just mean that, like, don't we don't we get free Twitch? Can we stream have, on Twitch through have, Amazon I have, Prime?
1: I have absolutely literally no idea. Oh my gosh, you are such a, an old
0: person, Graham. <laughs> like i even know what i'm talking about uh anyway
1: I i literally have no idea
0: yeah i don't know well anyway we should do we should do uh we should do oh that would be the best i would love to live watch with you guys and and then stream it so that other people can put up with us i say that but i don't think i would it would probably just me be very quiet except making chewing noises um and then listening to the two of you mumble to each other cuz you the things you'd want to say you you probably couldn't say out loud
1: if uh, if like if covid ever fucks off and you come to portland again. yeah right just like do a an video or something oh man it would be i i
0: i want it so bad i actually of course remember when i was like yeah we got to we got to we got to interview Stallone for drock for the anniversary you're yeah, like, that's never going to happen. I'm like, pull some strings, Graham. You're like, I refuse <laughs> I refuse to pull any what strings. What do you think I could pull? I don't know. Like Jesus, you're right for the Hollywood Reporter. I think that you could be able to, like, at least float some ideas up there where, like, somebody owes somebody a favor. I mean, it's Sylvester Stallone. Like, you know, you guys are in the same line of business for all intents and purposes. Oh, Lord. You know oh lord
1: (laughs) it's gone off the rails jeff Um,
0: i'm sorry everyone it is true it is it is sadly true anyway but yeah no there's like 80s science fiction films and the great thing is is there were enough of them that you don't even have to dip into steven spielberg's uh 80s
1: science fiction film
0: or i should say the amblin studios 80s science fiction films
1: you know what I mean? Every, everyone loves the Amblin Studios. Don't they? They do! I mean, God knows. We're going to work our way through all of Amazing Heroes. Yeah. Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Amazing Heroes was the... The,
0: the magazine the... that you have worked yeah.
1: through all the issues of, Graham. So, yeah, no. you're not fooling oh, actually, anyone. This, this, week I, this week I was like, I'm, I'm going to actually properly... Because I've been reading comics and I've been leaving them in piles. Mmm like just in piles, not putting them away, just leaving them in piles. Yeah. And I was like, "I okay, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking put them away." Mhm. You know? Right. Uh and then I realized quite how many Marvel Age I really do have.
0: Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah.
1: I have a lot.
0: Do you? That's awesome. That is awesome. I think that I think that's pretty great, of course. So, um yes. Well, and I I kind of I kind of get it. I feel I feel like God, I mean, I still have like 40 pounds of old comics journal issues and a couple of issues of Amazing Heroes, which, you know, I and if you I just don't kind of have the time and inclination. And of course, they're only really in print. But like I have a I have a lot of fond memories of that stuff. And like you said, the, the amount of shit that you uncover in Marvel Age stories that you've shared with us about. All kinds of amazing Steve yeah, Englehart runs that never happened. Yeah, exactly, are fabulous. I I really was flashing back, like Englehart on Daredevil. Man,
1: I'm kind of bummed that never happened. You know, I really am. You know, yeah, it, it would have been great. It, like his plans were great. The, those annuals are the greatest thing. Just for the one, like here's what we're doing the next year ahead, and then the comics never come out. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, Graham, should we should we start closing it up? It was pretty close we to should, two hours. We should. I we're, mean,
1: we're, yeah, we're at two hours and we're just we're talking nonsense now. Um, but that's us at uh, our was, best. That is that is one hundred percent. And again, this has been a week where both of us have been like almost been on fire. Yeah. So. I, the fact that we even got two hours is, is a testament to our, you know, quotation marks, professionalism, question mark. Yes. Um I will say, however, we will have show notes for this up at com. probably by the time you hear this because Jeff is one MFer on top of his shit uh, there is a Tumblr waitwhatpod.tumblr.com there's an Instagram I never post to instagram.com forward slash waitwhatpod <laughs> there is a Twitter account at waitwhatpodcast Jeff has a Twitter account at lazybastard at L-A-Z-Y-B-A-S-T-I-D and I am at Graham M at G-R-A-E-M-E-M uh, we are a Patreon supporter podcast, which means Jeff is going to sing from the heavens right now. Yes. Um, gosh, I just feel like there's got to
0: be some way now that I'm like crazily riffing that I, I I can come up with some new way to sort of say the, the same old thing. But um, I unfortunately, as always, have to just fall back on rampant sincerity, which is you guys, you, the listeners, you are Great. We hugely appreciate um, your indulgence. I wish that at times it wasn't as didn't have to be as indulgenty an indulgence as it is. But um, you know, uh, your continued um, checking in with us as we've moved through uh, pretty much a whole fricking decade of talking about our lives and talking about comic books um for anyone who wants to to listen and to have you guys listen and care and check in with us i was incredibly heartened by the number of people who Hearing about the fires, made made a point to drop a line either by email or on Twitter, and uh, make sure that uh, we were okay. I think that was incredibly great uh, and and really moving, uh, which was really needed considering Wednesday was, I think, the closest I've come to really being utterly, utterly unglued, which considering 2020 is really saying something. Um, Also, huge ups to the folks who throw us a little bit of their hard-earned dosh over on our Patreon. Um, It keeps us simultaneously uh, humbled and inspired to do what we do and hopefully do it better. Or, I don't know, at least do it more. Um, which we can certainly do if we can't figure out a way to do it better. Uh, We're incredibly grateful to all of you. Um, Special thanks are, uh, as always, um, thrown toward Dominic L. Cooper. Uh, No, wait, Dominic L. Cooper. Good grief. Dominic L. Franco. Yeah, Dominic (laughs) Cooper is, I think, the star of... uh, Isn't that star of Preacher? Maybe it's just Dominic
1: Cooper. Oh, God, it is.
0: Yeah. So... (laughs) Sorry about that, Dominic. Dominic L. Franco, everybody, and Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, where, thank goodness, there is no other Queen of the Galaxy that I happen to know of, so I can't actually screw her up with her. But if I actually thank Audrey Hepburn a couple of podcast episodes from now, uh, hopefully Dominic will feel not nearly so alone. Sorry about that, Dominic. Uh, yes, Galactic Defenders, both, and also... Um, their continuing support of this podcast uh, is v- incredibly appreciated. Thank you for for doing your best to keep this uh, podcast ship shape and keep the the this little neck of our celestial realm um, moving forward in, in its sprawling spiral
1: into nowhere, Graham it'd be help if i can myself off mute wouldn't it but no no today's the day where i will just forget to take myself off mute <laughs> anyway <laughs> on that very confused note and also because like i'm gonna start buzzing in like two minutes if i yeah. don't stop saying this i will ask jeff very quickly are we doing drug next week or two weeks from now oh boy um that's a good question uh which one do you want to
0: do? I can see it let's say two weeks. Yes, let's. Okay, that sounds fabulous. Next week will be a skip week, and then the week after that, the last uh weekend of September, join us for Drock, where we will power through Judge Dredd the Complete Case Files Volume 18?
1: Yes. I'm like, oof, but you know, we're trying hard, everyone. <laughs> Okay, everyone, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Thank you very much for listening. Please stay safe if you're anywhere. Actually, you know what? Fuck it, it's 2020. Please yeah. stay safe. Please no stay safe. No matter where you are. Yes. Uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye! Bye!